Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Are we all there? Let's read together. One, two, go. And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Lift up your voices and just ask the Holy Spirit to overshadow all who have not come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior so that today they will be born as the sons of God. I want us to speak that prayer in tongues. Just lift up your voice and pray that verse of scripture in tongues. La zike malika tanda zakoto leske lima rakatayade. Kiete zekete, bazuka malike teliba santa kayade lakata. Nando zokoto zeki malakika lakata. La zeke balike ke, manto zokuka lika tanayade. La sakima, manto zokoto zeki balika tanayade. La zike malakatanda, nando zokoto leske milakikata. Makie teleba, banta zakita makize keteleba rakata. Kaita zakoto meka zikata na yade. Lando zokute baskata ya balikata. Mande zekita lika. Lazakita malike teliba. Maikata zokute lika bakatanda yade. Lazekete makizakata. Maikata ya bazekete liba. Banto zokuta mikata yade. Lezeki malikata bakatande. Brato zeke malikata yade. Lazuka malike balikata na yade. Lazike bala katanda Mandu zokoto zekete makita yada yade Liyama zoto leke zeke malika tanda yada Nandu zokoto leke zekita Kiete malakata Lazie kete balika makatanda yade Liyama zakoto leke teleba Liyama zakata yabe kieka lakata Ladoso musalike teleba katanda yade Lanto zokoto maskata yade Liyama kata yade lakata Bayeke be bakata bakata makite makata yade Lazeke malika tayade Mando zokoto leke zekita labakata Hallelujah Hallelujah And so shall it be In Jesus mighty name You are here Holy Spirit You are here You are here Holy Spirit You are here
of the living God, we invite you to overshadow every single one of us here. All who have not come to a knowledge of Christ, we say today, let them be born sons of the living God. So it is and shall be. Come today as the anointing of the living God. Come and make us head and not tail, first and not last, above only and never beneath. But above all, come today as the breath of the living God. Oh, come from the four winds and breathe upon every single one of us. Breathe upon all who have not yet come to a knowledge of Christ. Oh, let them come to that knowledge today. Breathe upon us all, one ailment or the other. Everything in us that is dying, let it come back to life. We say in the name of Jesus, come reverse the irreversible here today. Come as the rain, the former rain and the latter rain. Come let our floors be full of wheat. Let our vats overflow with wine and oil. Come so that we may eat in plenty and be satisfied. Come so that we shall never be ashamed. Come and restore that with the locust, the palmer worm and the canker worm have eaten. Come and restore a hundredfold. Come do that which you alone can do. Come today as the spirit of God. Come as the spirit of Christ. Come even so as the spirit of life. So it is and shall be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise the Lord. Please sit there and turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 17. I'm going to read verses 26 and 27, but I'm going to read the NKGJV version. Luke 20, 17 verses 26 and 27. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. The King James Version says, and as it was in the days of Noah, of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. You find the same text in Matthew chapter 24, verses 37 through to 39. Matthew 24, 27, 37 to 39. But as in the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now the text we are looking at today is scripture that is speaking strangely about the end of time and I want us all to listen carefully this scripture is speaking about the end of time we live in a world that denies that time can come to an end we live in a world that gives the impression that things will continue forever the Bible says as in the days of Noah. What was happening in the time of Noah? He said they were eating, they were drinking, people were planning marriages, building houses, you know, chasing contracts, getting wives, getting girlfriends, children were being born, parties were being... People were just having a good time until Noah entered the ark and shut the door. If I was God who shut the door of the ark. And then the unimaginable happened. And today, science says that there was indeed a Noah's flood, that it actually did happen. So Jesus is saying that exactly as things were then, that's how things will be when he returns again. And let's all be on understanding of one thing. Jesus, we all know and believe that Jesus came to this earth. He was born, we believe that. And then he went to the cross. He died. Everybody believes that. Nobody is arguing about that. If he came once, that means he knows the way to come a second time. 
he came and the Jews who knew all the prophecy about his coming they missed him they didn't know he had come may we not miss him when he comes and the signs are all about us in fact I'd like to encourage everybody who comes to this church from this Sunday on never miss anything in church so that you do not miss the day of visitation very shortly we will have a magnificent visitation in this church very shortly now on on Friday so many people didn't come to church for the vigil because it was raining you see religion or the worship or the service of God cannot be convenient once it's convenient it's not God you are worshiping it's yourself you know most of us couldn't come because with all those kind of rain is the time to get into your bed and sleep but then once you understand that it's God we are dealing with and we did something very significant at that night vigil that unless God says do it again I, I mean I won't do it again so let's always make sure because we have started our journey on the pathway of that which eye hasn't seen that which ear hasn't heard that which has not yet entered into the heart of man we are now on that route and it can happen at any time don't be somebody who will hear that ah, you were not in church on Sunday something happened say what happened you will not be the one to ask what happened you will be part of what will happen now let's look at the background of this this story that we are looking at go to Matthew chapter 24 go up to verse 3 why did Jesus say as was in the days of Noah just scroll up to verse 3 of Matthew 24 it says in Matthew 24 verse 3 and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives the disciples came unto him privately saying tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of the, of thy coming and of the end of the world tell us what shall these things be and what will be the sign of the end of the world the bible tells us in that bit of scripture that disciples of jesus they wanted some advanced information about the end of time so they asked jesus tell us when shall these things be what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world two clear things that we all have to understand there one jesus is definitely coming back again and i want us all say after me jesus is definitely coming back again one more time Yes, so it's good for you to hear yourself say that Jesus is definitely coming back again. Two, this world we live in will come to an end someday. This world that we're all live in, as we get into planes and fly to London and to Dubai and to South Africa, it will all come to an end one day. But may we not be at the wrong place at the right time. The second coming of Jesus the end of the world will spell the end of the world as we know it everything will change it will be the time of judgment and the bible funny enough paints a very grim picture of how this whole world will end but we live in a world of fringe lukewarm christianity too many of us in church are fringe Christians, lukewarm Christians. We cannot suffer any discomfort for God. We do all the things that we know we should not do. Last Sunday, we spoke about adultery and explained that singles, you are not married, you are not supposed to have sexual intercourse. It is forbidden by God sex is for only those who are married as somebody said he said the funny thing about marriage is you get a license when you marry you get a license and that license permits you to have sex but the way life is there are so many single people around who have no license who are driving 
recklessly all over the place. But it is not allowed by God. And in this church, it is not allowed. If we catch you, if I catch you, and I will catch you, then you will see how not to do things. We've got to do things properly because of what is about to happen. You see, when God comes in here, as he's going to come, I've said that um, the time is coming, you'll come to church on Sunday, your family will come and look for you by Monday or Tuesday because you won't have left church. And when your family comes, they themselves will not be able to leave because they will be arrested by the power of God. But you see, God doesn't visit people who are involved in adultery and who take sex as that which is free for all. It is not. It is something very sacred put in place by God. And Christianity is just filled with all kinds of people who do just anything. We can't suffer any discomfort for God. But the truth of the matter is, if you understand that this is all temporary and that the eternal will soon break upon us, everybody will behave. It will be too wrong and too late to say when the eternal comes upon us, ah, I'm sorry. Sorry will be too late then. There will be nothing like I'm sorry. Today is the day to say I'm sorry. We must wake up from slumber. We must wake up from slumber and know that God is alive and well and has a program. And everything around us points to the fact that something is about to happen. It's not enough to come to church. Neither is it enough to be a member of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, City of David, or a worker. It is you having a relationship with God. It is you being uncomfortable when you know something is going on about God and you are not there. It is you being very uncomfortable waking up this morning, coming out without speaking to God. That's rude because if you say he's your father, you ought at least to say to him, good morning. And the reason is that Jesus Christ is coming back again. What does the Bible say about the return of Jesus? Let's turn there because all of these things are in the Bible. So nobody will say, well, I didn't know. Ignorance will never be an excuse. Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Let's all read together. That's what the Bible tells us about how Jesus will return. Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Are we all there? One, two, go. Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. He says people will cry painful tears because of Jesus when they see him coming. They say this time he won't come like a little child born in a manger that you won't know it's him. This time he's going to come like God. He will appear in the sky. It says, and the Bible says, every eye shall see him. It says, and nations will wail. They will cry deep, painful tears because of him. It says, those also who pierced him, that is, the people who were responsible for the crucifixion, will see him and cry. And there are two groups of people. The people who were responsible for the crucifixion, the Jews, who have not come to the knowledge of Jesus will cry very painful tears. But you and I, who every day crucify Jesus anew, you see, when I tell a lie, I'm crucifying Jesus. When I steal, I'm crucifying him. When I take a bribe, I'm crucifying him. When I have girlfriends, I'm crucifying him. When I have a boyfriend who is a married man, I'm crucifying him. And there are people in this church who have boyfriends who are married men. I'm going to deal with that issue today. They are crucifying Jesus. The Bible says you are going to cry very painful. When the Bible says something will be painful, believe me, it will be painful because it will be too late. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise 
first. It is only those people who have accepted Jesus and who have remained faithful as Christians who will arise. Even if they had died, they will get up from their graves. It's not new because in Jerusalem, when Jesus rose on that first, on the third day, the Bible says graves opened up and people came up from their graves. Now the thing is, it sounds difficult to believe, but then it is in the word of God. Was Jesus born? Yes. Did he go to the cross? Yes. The whole world has accepted that now. So if you are here and you don't accept that he was born and he went to the cross, you have a big problem. A big problem. If you accept that he was born and went to the cross, then you really have a big problem not understanding that he says, I'm returning. And that when I return, this is how I will come back. And I'm coming back for a people that are clean, that are holy. I'm not coming back for, I mean, some people, the day the trumpet is blown, imagine that you are on the bed with a girlfriend. What will you do? You will cry. You will cry painful, painful tears because there's not, it will be too late. Imagine that the day the trumpet is blown, you are busy collecting bribe. Even if you throw the money away, Judas threw the money away. It didn't help him. It didn't help him. It will be too late. And if you look around the world today, there are too many signs. I'll show you one particular one. Turn to Second Peter, chapter three, verse ten. Second Peter gives you a scientific description of how the world will come to an end. Let us read together verse ten. One, two, go. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. It says the earth will melt with fervent heat. There's going to be fire and massive destruction when the Lord returns. There will be complete and total destruction. In Revelation chapter 6, all of this we are reading is from the Bible. So it's not me telling you a story. It says from verses 14 and 15, verse 14 through to 17, And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Now, the recent tsunami that took place in December last year, science has now found out that for the first time, islands actually shifted out of position. Some that is supposed to be impossible, but they measured it and they found out that islands moved physically out of their position. It's like Nigeria shifting out of its position. The Bible says these things will happen. It says, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and mighty men, and every bondman, and free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us, hide us from the face of him that seated on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come. Who shall be able to stand? Only those who know him as Lord and Savior. And who live life as true Christians. It's one thing to say. Everybody believes. Everybody says I'm a Christian. But a Christian, there are certain characteristics of the Christian. The Christian does not take bribe. A Christian does not drink beer. A Christian doesn't lie. A Christian does not have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. A Christian does not read pornographic materials. There are many things about a Christian. And we've got to understand that before we say we are Christians. You can just be a Christian in, in name. But you see, the Bible says, the Lord knows those who are his. This thing is serious business. It is serious business, and we've got to take God seriously. The world has forgotten that which happened in Asia. The tsunami disaster. Everybody's going back to normal. In fact, in less than two weeks, people are safe, begin to fly back there. 
to go and have a good time. That's how the human being is. Very forgetful. They don't care. But it's not just a disaster. It's a sign of the fact that the things that the Bible says will happen, will happen. Now, American scientists have found out that mountains shifted out of their positions. That Bandeache is not where it used to be anymore. It has shifted slightly. They know. And it's there on the internet. You can check if you want to. But the truth is, what, of what value is that information? They say the value for them is we must make sure that we have an advanced warning system so that we can make sure that people don't die again if this thing ever happens. No. The value is that God is saying to us, the things I say will happen are happening quietly. You who are Christians, pay attention and begin to do what? Amend your ways. It is time to begin to say to ourselves, let's just be Christians. Because the promises anyway of God to those who walk in accordance with his word are tremendous. And we are all going to see them in this church. You are going to see the power of God at work in this church. So, you will have absolutely no excuse. Don't go under that illusion that Satan has spread all over the place. Oh, it can't happen to me. It won't happen when in our lifetime. Don't be so sure. It could happen tomorrow because God has his timetable. And unfortunately, he will not reveal it to you and I. Go back to Matthew chapter 24 and see how Jesus describes for us the signs of the end. And Jesus answered and said from verse 4 and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Verse 6. And ye shall hear of wars, and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And if you look at CNN or BBC or Sky, all you hear is just bad news. Nobody, the United States government is in a very difficult situation. It does not know what to do about suicide bombers. Nobody has a solution to that problem. When a man says, I'm ready to die, you have no solution to that man. You can be the most powerful force in the world. I mean, if you look at Iraq, you just can't understand what is going on there. But you see, Iraq is first and foremost the place that the Garden of Eden was. Then it became Babylon. So one is not surprised at the destruction that is going on there. It's just that that's the way God works. When God decides that it's time to punish somebody, because, I mean, none of us would want to live in Iraq. The people who live there don't know whether they will live the next day. Because the, those guys just appear anywhere. They appear in restaurants, they appear in shops, they appear in barber's shops, anywhere, and they just blow themselves up. And there's nothing anybody can do about that. Korea is getting ready with its own nuclear weapons. The whole place is really upside down. Now, we don't feel it in Nigeria. Why? Because there are a lot of people praying in this nation. And so don't get that false sense of security that all is well. There are too many signs around us that we are moving closer and closer to the time that the Lord will return than we can imagine. So this is not the time to be caught giving bribes. Why should I go to hell because I gave somebody a bribe? It doesn't make sense. If I am the one that took the bribe, it might even be better. But you are giving, and for that you will go to hell. Why should I go to hell? Because I'm lying at the time that the Lord comes. Those of us who are here who tell lies, it takes a long effort. I can assure you I know that. It's a very big struggle to come to the place finally where you do not tell a lie again. 
So today is a day to determine that no more. That's what a Christian is all about. That's what a Christian is all about. There's a major controversy going on in France today. They are banning what they call religious headgears. It's against the Muslims. They don't want Muslims to keep wearing those their things. And I heard somebody say on TV yesterday that it is wrong for the Muslim woman to cover her body so that a man will not be able to see all her body. Who are the people who want everybody to see their bodies? Christians. Christians are the ones who dress foolishly. We've got to understand that God is God. And as I'm sitting there, I'm talking, make up your mind that you're going to be a different person. Your life as a Christian, it ought to change. People ought to see each one of us and see Christ in us. Some of us in our offices, we are very rude. The words that come out of our mouth when we talk to people, they can never believe that we are Christians. Then you're not a Christian. But you've got to be one because Jesus is coming back again. And Jesus says, the key thing about his return is that it will be the same as in the days of Noah. That people will be busy eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage. People will be busy with the business of life. How do I make it? People will be busy acquiring land in Lekki, Victoria land. Busy trying to find money to build. Busy trying to find money to buy five series. Busy trying to find money to go to France, to go to London, to go to Dubai. And suddenly, the end will come. Let me show you a good example of what happened in the days of Moses. And see how the same thing is happening today. Genesis chapter 6. You see, the reason why God saved you and made you a Christian, we said on Friday at the night vigil, is that so that you may serve him. Yes. Not so that you may go around saying, I'm a Christian, and go around doing all the things that bring the name of God into disrepute. Because the Bible says, we should not take the name of the Lord in vain. Why? Because the Lord will not hold you guiltless if you take his name in vain vain. Genesis chapter 6. Let's read together verses 5 through to 8. Verses 5 through to 8. Are we all there? One, two, go. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for he repented me that I have made him. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so what God did was, he now said to Noah, Noah, build an ark. It's got to be so big, because I want to save the animals and also you and your family. From verse 9, it says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and a perfect and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. Is the earth today corrupt? Is it filled with violence? They say that El Salvador is the most dangerous nation in the world. They say one out of every three of its citizens has been a victim of crime and violent crime, gun-related crime for that matter. That's I watched yesterday. That's information from yesterday. Can you imagine that real first-class violence? Real first-class violence where one person in three has been a victim of a gun-related he said the earth was filled with violence and God looked upon the earth and behold it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth and God said unto Noah the end of all flesh is come before me for the earth is filled with violence 
through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shall thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, and the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shall thou make to the ark, and in, and in a cubit shall thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shall thou make it. Behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. It took over a hundred years to build the ark. And as Noah was building the ark, he kept on telling the people, you must change your ways because there's a flood that is going to come. Change your ways so that you may be able to enter into this ark. You can imagine the people that Noah spoke to when they were at age 20. And at age 30, he was still building the ark. At 40, he was still building. Of course, they were laughing. They never believed because it took a hundred years before the ark was finally built. But in a hundred years, that's more than enough time to warn everybody. And the Bible says, and that's how they were doing their, living their lives until God told Noah, okay, go into the ark. He went in and God shut the door. And then the rains came. You and I know that if we have, without God, just ordinary rain in this nation for 40 days, all of you living in Lekki are doomed. 40 days of rain in Lagos. Just continuous rain for 40 days in Lagos. There will be no Lekki again. And yet people have begged, they have stolen, they have given bribes to get Lekki. But we are not talking about rain now. We are talking about the end of all things. And when you look at the world today, you'll imagine that it is just as bad as it was then. Today, the developed world says two men can marry. Today, the developed world says two women can marry. It says they can adopt children that they cannot produce. Everything you watch on TV is just to scramble your brain about how life ought not to be. And so, we find that we are being influenced seriously by the developed world. But what should influence us is the word of God. It is the word of God that should influence us. There are many people in church in Nigeria today who do the things that the developed world is good at doing. You know, I remember when people ask us that, do you have homosexuals in Nigeria? I would say, no. That's the problem of the white man. But there are homosexuals in Nigeria today. Those people are people earmarked for destruction completely. And there are homosexuals in church. If I catch you, you will be delivered. You will receive deliverance immediately. It's demons at work in people who make people like that. But we will not have people possessed by demons in this church. We won't. So this business of God is serious business. And the thing that is sad about all of this is that after the flood, what did God do with Noah? He says to Noah, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion. God, the, the, just all God wants to do is to bless you and I beyond our wildest dreams. But because we do not believe we think that we can help ourselves and help God. You can't help God, neither can you help yourself. The way that the world does it is not the way God wants it. If you open your ears today, you will find and hear clearly, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. To repent, what is it? It is to turn away. You make an inward decision, and I want us all who are in church today to decide that I'm not going in this direction anymore. You have to decide. It is not to cry. It is not to feel sorry. No. It is to make a firm, rational decision in your brain that I'm not going in the wrong direction anymore. And then to get up and begin to go in a different direction. That's repentance. Repentance is not I'm sorry. Repentance is not Lord forgive me. No. 
Repentance is action. It is a decision you make in your brain and it must be backed up by action. We can't continue to do all the things that we do. We can't. I was going to say something now, but let me just not say it. If I say it, the person will run away. And I don't want the person to run away. But people are doing some crazy things. It's people who don't fear God. In fact, there are things people do that if people found out, they will say, ah, do Christians do these things? That is bringing the name of God into disrepute. John chapter 3. The Bible says, from verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. All of us who are here, the question to ask yourself is, are you born again? Because Jesus describes in here in the Bible two types of birth. First one is the day you are born as a child. You are born as flesh. The next one is when you use your brain rationally and in your heart. Decide that I'm not going in the wrong direction anymore. From this day, I want to become a good person for God. I want to live my life in accordance with the word of God. Then you are born spiritually. And the truth is something does happen when you say to Jesus, please accept me as my Lord. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Take over my life for me. Write my name in the book of life. There is something called a book of life. Many of you have never heard of it before. How will you hear if you have never read the Bible? If your name is not there, you are going to cry bitterly when the Lord returns. Because there is a place made specifically for Satan and his angels. If that place is called hell. It was not made for man. But the Bible says that hell itself has enlarged its mouth to make space for men and women who are going there. None of us here will go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. If you are truly born again, all things, all your old habits will just disappear. All those who are born again who used to drink, don't drink anymore. You can't be born again and you still go to a beer parlor. I know churches where the men's fellowship, whenever they meet, it is the woman who sells beer in the church who supplies their, their drinks. Many of us know that there are many orthodox churches. One strong feature of those churches, there's a beer parlor there. There's something wrong with that. And after service, we just gather and have a good drink, and then we go home. There's something wrong with that. And then they will tell you, did Jesus not turn water into wine? You will find out the day he returns. Christianity is something, it is a way of life. I mean, that letter I read to you was written by a very prominent Muslim. That's why I don't want to read his name out. And it's bad when those who are not Christians have higher standards than us. As I'm sitting there, I'm looking at people who give bribes. Many of you here give bribes. Many take. It's, 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 it doesn't make sense. You cannot be a Christian. Many are owing people money and they are dodging them. Why? Something is wrong. A Christian ought not to owe. There's a whole life that a Christian should live. Why? Turn to 1 John chapter 3 and see it there. If you are born again, something happens. Something happens. There is a change. 
that must happen in our lives. 1 John 3 verse 9. It says, let's read it together because it's the word of God. 1 John 3 verse 9. 1, 2, go. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. If you are born of God, the Bible says you cannot commit sin. Why? Because the day you say to Jesus, take this my life, I want to be a Christian, he puts his seed of God in you. And things really ought to change. Like today, as many as say to Jesus, be my Lord and Savior, all of a sudden you'll find that something has happened to you. But God is not a taskmaster like Satan. That thing that happens to you, you have to nurture it. You have to keep it going on. But over time, suddenly, some people just become lukewarm. Like I know a lady, I've told this story before, who came to church and liked the message and I said so are you going to become a Christian and I said ah I, said, I can't too I, said, I can't because somebody as his husband rented her accommodation for her in Victoria Island bought her a car gave her a driver somebody as his husband pays for her to go abroad once a year she said ah, who will do those things I said well the church can't the church can't God can do all things but you've got to trust God first and that division to jump from living a life of a mistress into being living a life of a Christian woman is hard for people but you know the truth is if you stand for God you will suffer let me tell you the truth because God wants to be sure that you know what you are doing you will suffer for a while, but when God now moves in, you will see the difference. He will provide what no man can ever provide. You know. So, Christianity is serious business. Everybody that is here, busy sharing somebody else's husband's resources, it must stop today. It must stop today. Or else God will punish you. And the punishment of God will be too difficult. Nobody will pray. Who will pray for you? Only God can pray for you now because he's the one that put the punishment on you. This business of Christianity is serious business. If you are born again, the seed of God is in you. And you cannot sin. When you tell a lie, you feel very bad. Very bad. If you are here, you lie easily. You are not born again. And you are a thief. This way you scratch a liar, you will find a thief under. 1 John 1 verse 5 let's read together one two go this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light in him is no darkness at all God is light in him is no darkness at all so if you have the seed of God in you there should be no darkness at all in you because you have ceased from being a child of the flesh and you have become a son of God all the things that you used to do before you just find that there's suddenly power what people pay a lot of money to psychiatrists for abroad to stop drinking because they have not realized that alcohol only kills so people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to what they call a head shrink to help them leave that habit once you become a Christian, that thing just dies. You wake up the following morning, your desire for alcohol has gone. Things must happen. You can't say to God today, I want to be a Christian. And then when you leave here, you go home, you want to do all the things you used to do. No. Then the power of God has not been planted in you. But once it's put in you, those things will just stop. You see your girlfriend and you know that. You tell the girl, please, oh, I'm now a Christian. All the desires of those things that make you happy will disappear on their own. People who smoke find it a lot easier. You don't need to use nicotine patch to stop smoking once you become born again. Because God is powerful in your life. People will see you and know that indeed things have changed. 
and the reason why all this is necessary is the Bible describes for us in Revelation chapter 20 the fact that every man all of us who are sitting down here like this everybody one day you must stand before God and give an account of your life today we know those of you who use mobile phones just in case you don't know from the day you started using mobile phones till now every call you have made if you go to the mobile company and want a transcript it is possible to produce it so if man can record every statement you make how much more God so if it won't be a place to tell a lie God will play back your whole life to you and you yourself will pronounce that you are guilty look at Revelation chapter 20 it says and I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand and he laid hold on that dragon that old serpent which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years shall be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season and I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast neither his image neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years you are finished this is the first resurrection blessed and holy is he that had part in the first resurrection on such the second death had no power but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years and when the thousand years are expired Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea and they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beasts and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire is your name in the book of life it's a good question to ask because if it is not there you must make sure that it is there today and how do you make sure it is there today with God everything is simple you simply ask him please write my name in the book of life but you won't write your name in the book of life if you don't accept him first as your Lord and your Savior he won't write your name in the book of life if you do not intend to be a brand new creature if all you want to do the Nigerian ways okay I'll ask let me write my name then you go back to your old ways you are wasting your time because you are dealing with God you are dealing with God let's take this God seriously because we are going to see his power in our lives very shortly and the things that God wants to do will amaze that I say it's what we call that which eye has not seen that which ear has not heard that which has not yet entered into the heart of man take God seriously take God seriously there's no force more powerful than the Lord so why should I align myself because the people that we follow in the world they know that you cannot live life just like that so they have their own source of strength that they rely on so why follow somebody who's relying on a witch doctor who's just a normal human being 
that if you face him and shout hallelujah he will forget everything Jesus gives us a warning in Revelation chapter 22 verse 11 he says he that is unjust let him be unjust still and he which is filthy let him be filthy still he said but he that is righteous let him be righteous still and he that is holy let him be holy still why see and behold i come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be i am alpha and omega beginning and the end the first and the last we've got to take god seriously we've got to take god seriously and we are going somewhere in this church so those of us who are here for the first time we are not just here to gather and make noise we are serious people going somewhere and those of us who've been here for a long time who are still doing crazy things we are coming to the place soon that people who involve in fornication adultery will just die in the beds of fornication and adultery because the bible says god says he will kill them See, so you can't afford to you go back to your boyfriend today what if today God decides to visit you you will die there for no reason for no reason I want us all who are here today to bow our heads and speak to the Lord today everybody tell him because there are many of us who are Christians but we have forgotten what it is to be a Christian we are just going through the motions of life today is a day to rededicate your life to God but those of us who are here and you have never really said to Jesus I want to be born again today is a good day to say so to him he is here and he wants to receive you he wants to receive you all it takes remember it says except a man be born again he cannot even see not to talk about entering into heaven remember that the Bible says except your name is written in the book of life then you are destined for hell and I've said to you what does it take it takes just you saying please write my name in the book of life Lord I accept you today as my Lord and my Savior I ask O oh Lord that you forgive all my sins I accept the sacrifice on the cross please Lord write my name in the book of life and accept me as one of your own that's a simple prayer and it's a spiritual prayer the moment you pray that prayer something will happen in your life you will not be the same person again the seed of God will be sown in you sin will become difficult because you have become a new person people will see you and know that something has changed in your life and if I were you it would be a good thing to try and find out is this thing really true will I change will I be able to stop drinking will I be able to stop womanizing will I be able to stop swearing and cursing will I be able to face my business partners and say no more bribes the truth of the matter is yes you will very easily because the seed of God will be planted in you so I want us all who have never given our lives formally to Jesus today I want you to lift up your voices unto him even as your heads are bowed to tell him to say lord i accept the sacrifice on the cross i accept that you are god you came down to this earth you died on my behalf lord god almighty in the name of jesus write my name in the book of life today and be my lord and savior i hand over my life to you please plant your seed in me let my name be written in the book of life i do not want to end up in hell i do not want to end up in hell speak to him now speak to him now tell him that you want him to be your lord and savior tell him that you can you hand over this life to him because you know that there's nothing you can do to keep yourself alive we live because god has decided that we can be alive and today he's brought you here so that he can give to you the free gift of salvation so accept that gift of salvation today lift up your voice and pray to him those of us who have prayed that prayer before who know that there's something wrong right now that we have become lukewarm speak to him and ask him to reignite the fire of his salvation in you let him start that fire again and to give you the grace to embrace 
that fire and live life as he has ordained that life should be lived. Now, those of us who are praying the prayer of salvation, we need to speak to you after service and tell you how to deal with the new life that is going to come before you. In fact, I prepared a school for you that you will go to for a few weeks and will teach you a number of things. So we need you to put up your hands where you are right now so that the ushers will put a card in your hand. That's very important for us. So if you are praying and asking God to write down your name in the book of life, just put up your hand so the ushers will put a card in your hand right now. Right now. Just lift up your hand before the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. Please don't be ashamed. There's, this is not a matter of being ashamed. This is a matter of life and death. This is a matter of life and death. If I'm praying the prayer and I'm hiding, then I'm proud. When you get the card, put it in your hand. That's all. I just need you to get the card. Put up your hand and wave until the usher puts a card in your hand. We need to write to you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. There's, hell is not a place for any one of us. And no one here will go to hell. Just God bless you. We are not trying to embarrass anybody. You are just putting up your hand before God. There's a hand here. Give this girl a card. You've given a card. Once you get the card, put that in your hand. It's only those who have not got the card that want them to put, their, put up their hands. There's a hand down there. You are putting up your hand before God. And Jesus is here in our midst. Remember, he says, he knows those who are his. He knows them. In the gallery there, put up your hand. There's somebody there looking out for you to give you a card. And those of you who are in the balcony outside in the overflow, put up your hand for Jesus. God bless you. Don't be ashamed. I'm not even going to call you out here. So do not be ashamed. It is before God. Before God. God bless you. And as you get the card, just speak to God. Just tell him, Lord, please have mercy upon me. Write my name in the book of life. Plant your seed in me. I want to be a different person from today. So that I may enter fully into the blessings that are available. God bless you. God bless you. It is God that you are putting up your hand before. He's the one that brought you here. He's the one that brought you here. David says, my times are in your hands. Our lives are in his hands. If he doesn't protect you, you can't protect yourself. And that is the truth. The only way you can protect yourself is going to the kingdom of darkness. It doesn't make sense. Because the kingdom of darkness is already judged by God. Anybody else, quickly, quickly, just put up your hand for God today. Not for man, but for God. It is God that brought you here. If your name is not in the book of life, ask him today and say, Lord, write my name in the book of life. But I say, as you do so, put up your hand so you can put a card in that hand. Because God is here and he wants you to publicly acknowledge him. Please do not be ashamed. Please do not be shy. It is before God. You can't get an opportunity like this and then pass it up. But people do so for the wrong reasons. Like the man who said he would do it another day. And that not another day never came because he died before that another day came. Today, if you hear his word, the Bible says, do not harden your heart. Today, not tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to say to God, I accept you as my God. Change everything about my life. If you do not do so, you are rejecting him. You are saying, well, thank you. I've heard, but I'm not convinced. Ah, that's such a pity because the word of God is what has come forth. And the word of God is quick, it is powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. If right now as you are bowing your heads and you are praying, you keep hearing a voice that says, don't put up your hand. They want to embarrass you. That's Satan. Anything that is telling you don't is the devil. Once you put up your hand, that voice will keep quiet immediately. Because everything we are doing here is spiritual. Very, very, very spiritual. Very spiritual. Father in heaven, we thank you and bless you. We can never thank you enough, but we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Almighty God, because it is written that no man can come unto you except you draw him near. Thank you for all these people that you have drawn near, Lord. We say we are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. And for us, Almighty God, who are rededicating our lives, we're dedicating our lives unto you. We say in the name of Jesus, 
light that fire of the Holy Spirit afresh in us. For all of us who are backsliding, Lord, we say, Almighty God, halt that backsliding today and grant us the enablement, Lord, to keep walking, Almighty God, in the light of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you and bless you today. Lord, we thank you and bless you today. Honor and glory and dominion given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray.